And a lot of times organizations don't want to tell somebody that wants to donate something no, but it's not necessarily what that organization may need. Welcome to Creating Community with Dorian and Jake, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and other interesting people together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We're the owners of 1820 Coffee House and 1820 Marketing in the heart of Alvin, Texas. And we are excited to be back for season two of the podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to showcase the amazing people, businesses, and organizations we have in and around Brazoria County. So if you know someone who should be highlighted, please email us at info at 1820marketing.com to let us know. Today, we are again at the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce, one of the sponsors of the podcast. Texas Snowfruit is also a sponsor, and you can learn more about both of them later on in the show. If you're a first-time listener, we would love for you to subscribe to Creating Community with Dorian and Jake on your favorite podcast app. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, or you can listen directly at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. In this episode, we're talking with Jenna Alesna, the Executive Director of the United Way of Brazoria County. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, for sure. So tell us a little bit about before you became Executive Director, your what your career was like. So my prior life. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so before working at United Way, I actually worked for the um, Angleton-Danbury Hospital District. Okay. And I was okay. there for um, uh, a little over 10 years. Um, I worked in business development. I did grant writing and fundraising for the hospital district. Um, So I've always been in the nonprofit arena. And prior to that, I worked for Junior Achievement of Brazoria County. Um, So my heart's always been about working for organizations that give back and do good deeds in our community. So um, how I got involved with United Way was actually when I worked for the hospital district, I was asked to participate on one of their committees, and I got involved with fund distribution, which is that uh, committee within United Way that actually looks at the partners that we fund, go through the grant process, and actually make decisions on who gets funded and uh, what types of dollars go to those organizations or programs. So that's how I got involved with United Way. Met some very amazing people, and from there, when the executive director position came up, I said, what the heck, I'm going to go for it. And I did it and I got the job. So and here you are. And here I am. <laughs> so I've been in um, presentations before and someone has said these words. I don't understand why we have a grant writer on staff. Not at your role. I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> yeah. And I chuckled. But could you explain why? why yeah, that's, a, to, that's a very special job. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's different degrees of grant writing. I can say you have um, local grants that people go out for that are relative, most of the time relatively easy to write and get funding for. But then you have more complex grants that are state and federal. Um, so if your organization is definitely going after those big dollars, you definitely need somebody who has some expertise in grant writing because yeah. it's a bit complex and it's technical. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, it's not necessarily just the writing the grant. It's the reporting that goes with it that you have to do along the way. Yeah. I think the way I always describe it is that, say, a grant writer makes $1 a year. If they bring in a $1.10, they've, they paid for themselves, so what are we complaining about? Right. You know? um, I just remember that and think, knowing that you were doing right. grants and stuff. It's Well, and that's that's helped me 
in the executive director role because I did that prior to United Way has evolved over the years. They weren't necessarily writing in for grants through foundations or state and local government Mm. grants, but we do now. So it's evolved over time. And so because I have that background, it's helped us. And we haven't necessarily had to go out and hire a grant writer or contract a grant writer. A lot of organizations will contract with someone. So let's say they write for a $100,000 grant. If they get it, then the the grant writer gets 10% or whatever, you know, an admin fee off of that. And, um, And that's okay. But a lot of times when you are a grant writer, you need to know the program or the funding that right. you're asking for. And because the technical piece of reporting is so important, if you are just writing in for a program and you get funded, but you don't really know what the program's ins and outs are, right. it's really hard to report on it. Yeah, absolutely. So did you, so how did you get into the grant writing? I actually, when I worked for Junior Achievement, I was actually a volunteer coordinator, but part of that was is that we started writing for grants for um, different types of things and the programs that we fund. So my my executive director at that time gave me the opportunity to write a grant, and so that's how I got started with it. Nice. That's yeah. an that, again. I feel like we've mentioned it, but it's such an important role. Oh, really? Nonprofit. Absolutely. And it's not for everybody. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. It's that, not. It's, a, it's <laughs> no. really not. Like I'm. I'm a fairly decent writer, but you don't want me doing the reporting. Right. right? Like right. There, no, I agree. That's a good balance. That's an incredibly important balance to have, like you mentioned. Absolutely. And because everything has gone online and a lot of organizations or foundations, government, governmental entities, they use specific software for their yeah. reporting too. Wow. So everything's not about just numbers anymore. It's... Um, return on investment, you have to be able to, you know, prove that, you know, you're actually doing what you're you doing. You did what you said. Yeah. yeah. So um, you have to have some computer skills too, which I have to say, I kind of <laughs> lack in that area. Right. We won't hold that against <laughs> yeah. you. So it definitely has, um, part of our staff is, is that we kind of work together as a team I'm not necessarily the computer savvy person, but I can do the creative writing, creative writing piece and tell the story part yeah. of it. Well, that's, I think a, a good leader, and we've talked about this before, but a good leader knows their strengths and their weaknesses Absolutely. and how to, the, the best leaders know their weaknesses and find someone that can fill that gap. And then the worst leaders are the ones that know that weakness and don't tell anybody. So right. they, don't, they want a bunch of yes men. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I can definitely say, you know, I'll be the first one to say I have little computer skills and I am not an accountant and, <laughs> and I don't like numbers. Um, so I'm kind of like the person that likes the, you know, bottom line. Like I don't care about the devil in the details. Just give me the bottom line. And I, I am surrounded by some very talented people on our staff who, you know, have that expertise, which is really fantastic. When you mentioned that the grant writing is becoming an important role at United Way or in your position, do you think that it's become more important because that's a a good skill set for you? Or is that just how kind of the nonprofit world has been changing over the past however long? It, I, at both, twofold. I mean, it's definitely because our organization has evolved, but also we can't be just dependent on one revenue source anymore. 
which is very important. Yeah. So you need to diversify. And part of that is the grant world and finding dollars to help fund specific programs and or specific positions within your organization. So it's, it's, it's both. Wow. Yeah. How do you work with someone who is funded by a grant? And what I mean by that is obviously they have a position, they have their role. I think I would always have this storm cloud over my head of, right. Oh, if I, if we don't get funded this year. Well, I, you know, I try to tell everybody on staff, including myself, we are year to year. I mean, that's what we do. We have to fundraise in order to um, support our positions. So it's whether it's through a grant or it's reg- regular operating revenue, you, everybody, it's year to year. It honestly is. Yeah. So I think we all have that little, and especially this past year because of COVID and because fundraising has been down, I think everybody's kind of been on eggshells a little bit. Sure. I can. Yeah, absolutely. And seems to me in the past 10 years that fundraising has kind of gone down anyway. Well, and, and also not the nonprofit world has become so much more competitive. I mean, 10 years ago, you, you had specific organizations that you trusted and you gave to, or now everybody, you can, you can do fundraising through, you know, Facebook and all different types of avenues. And people don't, they're not, I don't want to say loyal donors, but they're not lifetime donors anymore. They give in the moment. They give sure. what's hot, what's happening. They want that feel-good return on their investment right then. So it's, it's just been, it's become so watered down and so more competitive. So even though you're running a nonprofit to do good and give back to the community, you have to run it like a business as well. Yeah, you know, we, we've talked about this before. So we have we're acquaintances with other people that have nonprofits and they decide they want to start a nonprofit and they want to do something that a neighboring town already has and is doing very well. So why not partner with that organization or whatever? So with that being said, what does United Way do differently than some of the other nonprofits out there? I think the, the biggest thing that United Way does that people don't maybe necessarily get is that, we are a collaborator. I mean, that is our niche. We are one that we bring people, other nonprofits to the table and how can we work together and collaborate and leverage our dollars and or programs so that we're giving out or we're doing the most good in the community. And I think a lot of people look at United Way as a pass-through organization or we're just a fundraiser. Although we do fund other programs within organizations, we also provide direct services to the community too. And I think a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. I think one of the things that stands out to me is kind of like Dorian was mentioning, and we we see it a lot. I don't know why I've seen it more. I don't know if it's just because I'm a little bit more involved than I used to be in the community, but it seems like say someone does nonprofit a kind of like you were saying, why do you think there's been the shift that, I don't, I'm not going to partner with them. I'm going to do my own thing. And to me that, that confuses the fundraising for everyone when there's, I don't know. Is it trying to make money? Is it trying to do something totally different than them without being able to distinguish the difference or? I think a lot of times nonprofits look at each other as competition. So it's like, if I collaborate with you and I partner Hmm. with you, that takes dollars away from my organization. Yeah. And 
I can see where that. I feel like it doesn't, it opens more opportunity because if I'm collaborating with you and there's something in your wheelhouse that you do really good, right. why am I trying to raise dollars to take that on when I right. can partner with you? Right. But maybe it goes in the name United. Yes. Well, <laughs> and, and you. United, and like Jake said, people probably know the name United Way because they do a very good job of fundraising. Right. And because we, in the past, it's been unique on how we fundraise because we do workplace campaigns. And that's what I was going to say too. Yeah. yeah. 10 years ago, other organizations couldn't go into, let's say, the Dow or the BASF mm-hmm. and do a spiel to try to fund. It was always unique to United Way. Now, that's evolved and changed over time as well, too. But that has always been our strength in order to raise dollars is because we had those relationships. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into a little bit more about United Way and some of the services as well as uh, partnerships that they have. But first, we're going to take a break and thank our sponsors. Hi, this is Christina with Texas Snowfruit. We're a shave ice company located in Scopel Square in the heart of Alvin. Stop by and see us or visit us on our website at texasnowfruit.com. I'm Jamie Scafidi, President and CEO of the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce exists to provide support to businesses and organizations in the Alvin and Manville area. With various networking and marketing opportunities every month, the Chamber can help you grow your business. Learn more at alvinmanvillechamber.org. Welcome to this week's marketing tip. Reviews. There's an old saying in marketing that says, there's no such thing as bad publicity. While this may be true for celebrities and big business, it's not necessarily true for small businesses such as mom and pop shops. Getting a negative review on social media such as Facebook, Yelp, or even Google can be frustrating. This can especially be true when it's not an accurate review, such as a customer that's never even been to your facility. So how do you deal with responding to reviews, especially when it's inaccurate? To start with, take the high road. Even if you are 100% correct, anything other than taking the high road will lead to more negativity and bad publicity. Let your current customers defend you. And again, there is such a thing as bad publicity. This is a fairly detailed process, so to learn more, visit our blog at 1820marketing.com blog. All right, we're back with Jenna, Executive Director of United Way of Brazoria County. And you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but when I think of United Way, and I don't mean it as a negative, but I understand how you see it as a negative about the United Way being a pass-through organization. That's how I see, have seen United Way. You give to United Way, United Way gives to other organizations. But you said second ago that y'all also provide services. What are some of the services that y'all provide? So we have in-house case management, which we do. We um, help with clients that come in our doors with rent utilities assistance. We also do disaster case management, which is, as you know, living in Brazoria County, we've had several disasters over the last few years. We help people recover from natural disasters, and um, we're specific in the way that we we have a disaster case plan for them, and it's usually helping them rebuild or repair their homes and get back into. So, especially after Hurricane Harvey, although we were in that wheelhouse before, 
it started really with Hurricane Ike way back in wow. 2008. Yeah. Um, and that was prior to me even being at United Way. But um, so we already were, kind, we had already dipped our toe in that. Yeah. But really when Hurricane Harvey came on, we partnered with the county. We gotcha. have a really great relationship with the county and their emergency management office. So we became the Brazoria County Disaster Recovery Committee. So basically, one of our um, staff members is actually a co-lead on that. And so we actually partnered with AmeriCorps and SBP. I'm not sure if you uh, know who they are, but they they originated after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. And they are the ones that have the expertise to actually go do the manual rebuilds. So we partnered with them over... I think it was a two-year period where they were actually in-house at our office. And so we did the disaster case management, and they actually did the physical work with the clients that came in and needed the repairs uh, or rebuilds to their home. Hmm. So after that, we feel like we're pretty much experts. Well, you've you've (laughs) got to feel that way after Harvey, because you mentioned Harvey, and that kind of changed the world for everybody, right? Absolutely. And then not only that, before Harvey, we had the May 2017 floods, Mm -hmm. and then again, it's never stopped. Then we had COVID, although that's not a natural disaster. That's, um, you know, a pandemic, I guess, if you want to say, and we have never left that wheelhouse. And then, then we had the freeze. The freeze in there too. Yes, absolutely. So, um, we have two staff members. We did have three staff members that were doing case management. One of the contracts was up on one of our employees. So, June 30th was her last day because it is starting to kind of wind down. Sure. But we'll never leave case management behind. That will always be part of us. So we try to partner really well with our uh, food pantries and other organizations that do rental and housing and utilities assistance and all of that because, again, the need is great. There's never enough resources. So even though... There may be other organizations in our communities that do the same thing that we do. There's never enough. Yeah. And when it comes, which is why you don't look at it as competition. You look at it as there's too much for us to cover by ourselves. We need somebody. Well, and just as a philosophy, I'm curious because I could see both sides of it, right? Say you had 10 organizations and you're trying to give out 10%. Do you, do you look at it as I can fully fund and complete this? And then nine don't get anything, or do you look at it as I'm going to give a little bit to each one? Ten percent to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like I, and I can see the benefit of both yeah. sides. Right. Like, you know. Well, the the thing is, is that we don't make those decisions. So we have a, um, a again, it used to be called fund distribution, but now it's our community impact council, <laughs> and um, they are the one, and that it's all volunteer led. It's all by community members that just want to be involved or be part of the process. And they actually review all of the grants that come in. They review the partners when they come in and do their presentation on what. So we don't fund organizations per se. We fund program specific. Programs. That makes sense. So as long as they fit within United Way's mission and vision, which are our... um, credo is that we help every individual in every community and we want to make sure that they're whole so we fund programs under education income health and basic needs we call those the four building blocks 
for a better quality of life. It's so cliche. I, I saying it just like, but that's truly, you need all yeah. of those elements. And so although we don't have the expertise to do all of it, that's why we partner with and fund programs under those four pillars. Right. And so it's not necessarily that a, a community organization A is better than B. It's just how they wrote in for the, through the process. If their program aligns and if it does and our community members back it, that's yeah. that's how that happens. And I can see that. I think it's important when you're applying for a grant to apply for the right thing. You know, right. I, I can see, I bet you a lot of people like, I just need money. Right. A lot of people try to like, you go out and look for grants and then you try to fit into whatever that grant is funding. Yeah. And that's not, to me, that's the opposite way you should do it. You should never go after money that you have to try to create something. Find a grant that fits right. what you're looking for. Right. That makes sense. So does United Way have volunteers that come in or is it all paid positions? Um, For our regular operating, we do have volunteers that come in. I mean, especially during times of crisis, we'll have volunteers that may come in and make phone calls for us, do filing, that type of stuff. But right now we have, I have, we have 10 staff members that are on staff and those are all paid positions. Okay, so if somebody wants to volunteer or help out, can they do that? Yes, so they would just call our office, and depending on what we had going on at the time. But not only that, if they're looking for an opportunity, they want to volunteer somewhere, they just don't know where to go, they can absolutely call our office, and we help navigate through that. We try to figure out, like, what interests you. Yeah, Yeah, like, if you want to work with children, or you want to go to the food pantry, or whatever, we'll make that connection for you. Fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. What about, I know, because I have a child in high school and his just graduated, but if they need like community service hours or, you know, the projects and stuff, do you? Either if we don't have something going on in our office, again, we would help, you know, navigate that for them. Very cool. This is always a weird question that we ask people, but we always get fantastic answers. What's something that surprised you? No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) What's something that has surprised you? in this role that maybe you didn't, whether it was in COVID or something, but what is something that kind of, you go, I thought it would be this way and it is 100% that way. Wow. That's a good question. I don't want to say something within our organization that surprised me, but something within our communities that surprised me is the depth of poverty that we see in our communities. I think a lot of people, because homelessness and poverty doesn't look like what you see in downtown Houston or something like that, it's here, but it's hidden. It's hidden. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people live in a little bit of denial of what's happening. That sounds familiar. (laughs) We've talked about that specifically. It is... um, it is definitely a problem because you don't see a problem doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have people that come in our office. So we do um, homeless, uh, rapid rehousing and homeless prevention. So if someone is experiencing homelessness or they're on the verge of being evicted, um, they would come into our office and we do an intake process and we figure out, okay, can we help them? Can maybe the Brazoria County Welfare Department help? You know, we try to fit, like, where can we make sure that this person does not become homeless? Or if they are, how can we get them out of that um, predicament that they're in? It really shocks me 
when I hear stories from people on how they ended up where they're at. Yeah. It's like, wow. It's, um, and I will tell you, I'll give kudos to anybody that does case management because it is so complex. Someone comes in your office for one thing, and then by the time they leave, they have 10 other issues that you've discovered. Yeah, yeah. you've identified, true. Right. And so um, I would say, again, that, that has shocked me as uh, the, the depths of poverty and how people are living and the disparity between, I call it the haves and have-nots. Sure, it's, sure. it's growing. And as our communities grow, you know, with growth and expansion and new opportunity, there's always that downside to that too. Yeah. And um, it's a little bit scary. I, for generations that are coming up, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a little frightened. You know, I have a 20 and a 22-year-old. And I, for their futures, I'm a little bit like uncertain. Like, are you going to live with me till you're 30? <laughs> you know, I mean, and you see more and more of that. And it's not necessarily because they're not doing something, but the ability to live and yeah. make a livable wage yep. is, um, it, it's hard. Yeah. And if you're somebody who's gone to school and put yourself in huge amounts of debt or whatever it may be, even just coming out of college with a degree which I'm not saying that's the route everyone needs to go because I don't think that that's true. But your first job, you're making 12 or $15 an hour and you're thinking, oh my God, I went and I spent $100,000 to get a degree and I'm only making 12 or 15. You know, you can't live like that. Yeah. You get the joy of looking at that timeline of paying off that debt. Right. I will never. And a $200,000 home. And the- yeah. Right. My, my right. grandkids will pay off my debt for me. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's a little bit scary, but those are that has really surprised me. Wow! So for those that are able to help, what's the best way for them to get in touch with United Way? So I mean, of course, if you you know your company has a workplace campaign, absolutely doing you know a payroll pledge throughout the year that you know that's the best way. But if you're an individual donor who maybe your organization doesn't, or you just want to give back. If you just go onto our website, which is www.uwbc.org, there's a donate now button. And you can do just a one-time give. You can do a monthly give. Yeah. You can get billed quarterly. You know, we try to make it convenient for everybody. And everything helps. Right? Every, yeah. every penny helps. And that's what I always try to tell people because I know when we go in and give our spiel, a lot of people think, well, why am I going to give a dollar, a paycheck, or whatever? It doesn't help. A lot of people don't understand. We, because we are able to leverage those dollars. So a dollar is going to go a long way. And again, every penny helps when you put all that together, it becomes something that's significant and you're giving it over many different organizations. Yeah. So your, that dollar is going to get more than a dollar's worth based on what an individual can get for that same dollar. Absolutely. Right. Got you. Yeah. That's, I've it's important it. to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things there's a lot of people like, well, I'll go buy, I'll go do this and donate that. Right. I'll donate all these socks. Well, you yeah. bought right. 12 socks. We could have bought, you know, 70. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's one thing that I would tell people when they want to donate, like make sure that organization needs that. 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. A lot of people want to, you know, they, they want to do good and give back and, oh, let me, you know, clean out my closet and give all. Sometimes that's not <laughs> yeah. what that organization needs. Yeah. Yeah. Now they've got the burden of trying to get rid of right. that. Right. And a lot of times organizations don't want to tell somebody that wants to donate something. No. Of course. no. Yeah. yeah. Understandable. But Absolutely. it's not necessarily what that organization may need. That is a, that is a excellent point. Thank you so much for being on the show, Jenna. We really appreciate you coming and talking about Brazoria County, Thank United Way of me. Brazoria County. <laughs> if you're interested in sponsoring and creating community, we'd love to talk to you. Our goal is to reach our community and let them know about great leaders and businesses that are helping to make it better. If you want to be a part of that, please email us at info at 1820marketing.com to start the conversation. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is produced by 1820 Marketing and is available wherever you get your podcasts. Show notes and more is available at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Thanks for coming, Jenna. Thank you for having me.